is August 27th, and it's one of those nights where we derail ourselves so much during a topic, we have to re-record the intro and come up with a whole new set of things to talk about. <laughs> yes. So I am pleased to announce our new slate of topics. The first thing that we're going to talk about <laughs> is the wonder of Ricola cough drops. <laughs> Our endlessness. In case you ever wondered where our beautiful intro came from, that would be Jason. This is Noah, and this is Mark. That's the sound of Mark's voice. Listen for it later; it will be returning, perhaps. <laughs> And Jason may or may not speak in a high-pitched voice during this introduction. I refuse to. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> okay. One more thing missing in the lost files of Channel Massive. Our first cat- the first section that we're going to talk about tonight is the last week in gaming, everything that we've been playing on consoles and PCs. We'll follow that up with a roundtable on the subscription model, the payment model for MMOs either monthly subscriptions or you pay once and you keep buying expansion packs what we think the pros and cons are of those and then last we'll have a rant centered around some comments Mr. Dennis Dyack of Silicon Knights made at the latest GCDC in Leipzig Germany and just to forewarn you I am on my fifth pair of headphones and I'm hoping that in this episode I don't sound like I'm calling in from across the country, as it is last episode. <laughs> yes, we will be standardizing our equipment. And That's I assure right. you that every time we've recorded, we've actually been in the same room. But because we have all these different things we've been trying... It's been an experimental learning phase. Yes, and we really appreciate you continuing to download our show, unaware of what's going to be just around the corner. <laughs> Tonight I happen to be wearing this really funky Spock earphone slash mic combination that requires I, I stay very still, and if I move, I move very slowly, kind of like something in the, uh, it's a small world, right? Spock, <laughs> what did the sensor tell you? <laughs> yeah, it's got a normal mic arm, and the, but then the, the earbud part of it's kind of like a, that thermometer funnel thing that sticks into your ear. Yes, according to the driver for it, your temperature is 98.3. <laughs> and then the hook of it is like this pointy ear thing that points up and then it hooks back behind your ear, but it's so big that it tilts forward unless you're holding the cord just so. Yeah, it's made for a much older male where your ears have gotten bigger. Yeah, they're at least 50% larger. Yeah. With my miniature ears, it's just not happening. It's not working. So if I want to talk to Mark, I can look at Mark. But if Jason starts talking, I have to do this very slow. <laughs> turn it, to the it, looks, it looks like you have like your you've broken your neck or something, and have some kind of headgear thing going on. Or it's, it's like, awesome. how dare you see that, Jason, and ruin yet another? It's segment. very dramatic when he turns his head from side to side. <laughs> and it's only for Jason because he's totally to my freaking left. Jason out too, which is great. <laughs> Jason's giving him a lot of sidelong glasses, glances <laughs> yeah. as though there's something And I have to completely to turn my head just to catch him and touch my eye, and then I slowly turn back. Top ten reasons for a video podcast, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think he wants. No. No, probably not. But before we get into all that, we have something a little different for you. We have a reveal of our mic sound testing. checks. Yes, oh, our yeah. mic testing. Because we have this medley and potpourri of different headphones and mics that we try I and mean, to give you the best sound quality possible 
we have little mic checks where Mark orders us to say dance something. and say things. <laughs> and yes. you get to hear what one of those beautiful sound checks happen, have, have sound like just in a moment yep. with our sound check from tonight. And without further ado, we'll roll the sound check where I say, say something. And they perform. <laughs> like monkeys. Like monkeys. <laughs> Guys, talk amongst yourselves. Say something. 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 Hi, this is Jason back with Channel Massive. We doing the weekend gaming. Or actually, I, I should say it's actually more of my day of gaming, because I really only got to play, like, for a little bit this week. It was pretty lame. Um, I don't know, maybe you guys had better luck than I did. I got to play, like, like one night of uh, City of Heroes, uh, traipsing through the sewers uh, with Mark and, and, our, and our friend Jim. Um, we did like just a little sewer run, kind of grinded it up a little bit with this huge group. Actually, you know, we did pretty well. We had a fun time doing it. Yeah, we had brand new characters again. Well, no, I mean, I well, I mean, I started with the character that I had. Oh, that's right. From before, but I think I confused it. Yeah, yeah, we were all like around the same level. Mark, true to form, killed his character. It wasn't even a week old, and he destroyed it. He had to die into the smelter. Yeah, that's really the greater good. You have, isn't it? <laughs> The second like, generation oh, like was so power. much better. I like this power set. Yeah. This will be sweet. What did the character look like this time? Because last time it looked like this Cupid. senile old retirement home Cupid. He was. He was like... Uh, <laughs> I am so like, sad that I did not get to see he's that. He's like a combination of the... You know, when it's New Year's Eve and you have the... They have the old guy, but still in the baby clothes to show that the year is old. Yeah. He's kind of like that with a lot of extra weight, wings, and a comb over. Like that combined with the Cupid thing, the comb-over really made it for me. Yeah, <laughs> but this well, was the fact a, that he was three feet tall. This was like the superhero version of that guy. So this oh, was seriously? a buff so guy made him look like with that? wings and yeah, dark hair, dark wings and uh, yeah, stereotypical pretty pretty boy superhero superhero. Yeah, but he was much better. Yeah, what was the difference? The, it made him a defender, but he was uh. He was rad, uh, dark, so he was able to still heal a little bit, but able to throw the more dark stuff at people. No, I got praised for healing, but it was kind of funny because I didn't do all the healing. Yeah, I know. That cracks me up. Yeah. I think I was getting shortchanged on the yeah. healing aspect. Jason oh. basically locked down every single thing in sight with his controller. And then he also took the empathy like secondary set, so he was doing supplemental healing. And everybody just assumed I was doing all the healing, so they were like, great healing, you know, wonderful. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know who else had healing. I mean, I don't no, think there was, was anybody me and you. really who had a whole bunch of healing going on. But I got all the credit. It was great. It's like, yeah, yeah, I do what I can. You know? Yeah, we had a pretty decent group, though. We had like, like, we had like a war shade and a... What's the other one? The opposite war shade. Peacebringer. Peacebringer. We had uh, one yeah. of those. We had, we had a tank. Yeah. Jim was the tank. tank. Fire tank. I think we had we had a couple controllers. Yeah, it was a pretty effective group. The defender. I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we had a, yeah we had a pretty good group going down there. I mean, I didn't think we were lacking for damage or anything really. It was. I mean, for a pickup group, that was good. We didn't have people pulling multiple. No, no, we were. It was fairly controlled, and you didn't have to deal with big clumps of people 
competing for the same mobs. Nah, no, no, no. We, we leapfrogged past them all. No, I mean, there weren't, like, tons... I mean, there were a few groups down there with us, but, I mean, we tore through everything. I mean, it was, like, carnage. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Pretty pretty good experience. <laughs> got up to level 9 or 10. Yeah. Well, you started from scratch and you got up that high. Yeah. How many hours did you play? It was too long. It was a really irritating gym. He's like, you're gonna pass me somehow. Like, nah, it's just the way the numbers work. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, we just, I think we just put in a couple hours and... Yeah. <laughs> just went right up there level-wise. It was great. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was basically all the gaming I got in. That was I mean, it for I, you, I had a busy weekend and stuff, so it was kind of like, oh my god, I haven't, I haven't touched my computer. I rubbed my computer at all. <laughs> I must give it the proper gaming love that no it love so, so it deserves. Yeah, I don't know. Did you play anything else besides that, Mark? I mean, um, I played that. Uh, I, I logged into World of Warcraft just to see of how course. the character was doing. Couldn't do without. Oh, couldn't go a, a week without doing it. <laughs> what was your character doing? No, I just couldn't remember where I parked him. Oh, he was—he's like in Duskwood, right on the road where he ganked a <laughs> like level thirty-seven rogue who was trying to gank innocent bystanders. Uh, right. Oh, so okay. I was so like, I need just... to get him back to the Outland area. So I did that and logged off, and then I I bought uh, Bioshock because it came out. Oh, you did? did? Yeah. Oh my gosh, how is it? It's really good. I really oh. highly recommend it. It's a great game. And so, oh, man, I really want to see that game. Really, really fun and easy to get into and uh, it's kind of everything they'd advertised it to be I think you know unlike some game releases where it's all hype and yeah. it comes out and you play you know, this and this game had a lot of hype backing it up it was Huge like hype yeah it was like years of hype in the making you know yeah. and then it was like oh God, this has got to be the greatest game of all time but I'm really last yeah. thing it needed was for for it to be a flop but I ever all I all I hear about it is just it's the most awesome thing to come out in a lo very long time yeah I put it up there with like you know for a first person shooter kind of reinvention type thing like right up there with like half-life two half-life for me I'm, I'm really enjoying it that's pretty high praise yeah I'm, uh, did you ever play system shock 2 no ah i wish i had but i never very cool did you did. play it mm -hmm. oh yeah I, I i started it but i didn't get too far into it i was kind of surprised and thrown off by the rpg elements of it where you choose specific skills for your character to have and that affects how you play the rest of the game whether you're going to be have telepathic powers right. and brawl powers and, and they, oh, tried, right. they tried to do something similar with like the um oh shoot why is why is the game the game name evading me now Bioshock? no 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 um something similar uh, first person shooter or? yeah it was like first person shooter with RPG elements oh Deus Ex Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 that's right. They did that was kind of like the spiritual successor. Yeah, spiritual. yeah. So it was kind of like that, you know, where you know, I, I kind of like those kind of games where they kind of took the first person shooter and you know, did something a little bit different with it, you know, than the norm. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm enjoying the just the good design that that the game has, the That's graphics, what I think is so appealing the about setting, it more than anything is the underwater 1950s yeah. utopia setting. I love that golden age kind of yeah utopian thing. It's it's really cool and it's really pretty scary. It's scarier than the initial. Well, I don't know. Some people probably thought it was pretty scary when they looked at, it, but I didn't. 
anticipated being quite so eerie and creepy. Huh. Did you ever play Clive Barker's Undying? No. Uh-huh. That was pretty good scary. Oh, really? First person shooter. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe it's along those kind of lines. But see, yeah, I've just been playing Half Life Two myself, so I, I kind of like that. Late comer. Yeah, I know. I'm a total late comer, but there's that one level, the one level I'm at now that. I think it's called We Don't Go to Ravenholm or whatever. Oh, yeah, We Don't Go to Ravenholm. Dude, that is, like, <laughs> such a creepy level in that game. Yeah. It's, like, it's fun, but it's creepy. It is, like, really scary. That game's great. I mean, it is, like, I never, I, you know, and I don't get scared playing games all that often, but, man, I I was, like, it gave me the creeps just yeah. going through that level. Well, since you're working your way through the games that you've missed, I've got this Doom game <laughs> that's uh, available on Steam now. That's funny. And, uh, no, I'm not the... that far behind. Oh, okay. <laughs> Half-Life you playing the first one or the second one? Half-Life? Yeah, is that what you're Oh, I'm playing Half-Life 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was, for a second, I was thrown off by Mark's comment. I'm like, well, you this? know, I think, you know, it's like I was playing World of Warcraft for so long there, I just never touched anything. Yeah. I didn't touch anything new. Yeah. That came out for years, honestly. And got a big system upgrade, too. So. Yeah, plus I got the big system upgrade, yeah, so I was like, finally I was like, ooh, I want to go back and play some of these games I never had a chance to play before. So. Yeah. Pretty I'm, good. You know, I've been kind of, when I get the chance, I try to play some of those games that I, you know, just never had an opportunity to play that got really good reviews and stuff like that. What about you, Noah? <laughs> I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum for evil and creepy evil atmospheric games I was playing Boogie from Electronic Arts. <laughs> <laughs> is for, what, what is that? Is that it's, like some kind of dancing, singing kind yeah, of game? Yeah, it's a cartoon style type of video game that uses the Wii Remote for you to keep the beat to the music and by swinging the remote kind of like a drumstick to the beat, it'll make your character successfully dance. So if you swing down, they'll do a dance move that has them reaching down or moving a downward movement and to the left, they go to the left and to the right, right oh, cool. and up and up. And there's also a karaoke element of it that really sucks so far, but maybe <laughs> I just haven't had enough experience with it. But it seems in my experience so far that if you try to sing along with a song, you get failed because the the on-screen indicator that says when you're supposed to sing whichever word you're supposed to seems to be a moment behind the actual song huh. requiring well, that's you to bad. sing Game like half a second behind. Yeah, I'm not sure what was going on. It was really weird. And they have really great songs selected. They're excellent dance songs, but they're not easy to sing. They're kind of challenging for karaoke songs. Surprisingly, you wouldn't think that of dance songs, but they really are. Well, it's really too bad. But the presentation's really great, and the dancing section's really fun. Mm-hmm. I was actually playing it with my mom, and she liked it so much, she's gonna go... She got herself a copy. Playing so, video games with your mom. Yes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Noah is, like, the second-generation gamer. Totally. What, yeah. Your dad plays, like, uh, Gears of War and stuff like that. Yeah. Does he really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Far Cry That's is his awesome. favorite game. He loved it so much on the PC, and then he got the Far Cry Instincts for the 360. Far Cry 2 announced. Over and over. Yeah, actually, the, when you guys were talking about beautiful graphics and cool PC first-person shooter games, I was thinking of Far Cry 2 and how impressed I was that Ubisoft, how impressed I was with Ubisoft's work because they bought the Far Cry license, and Crytek, therefore, is not making a sequel to Far Cry. They're making Crisis, which right. looks a lot like Far Cry and looks pretty cool. It has great physics. But what's really cool with Ubisoft is they're taking a totally different storyline. They have it set up in the African savanna, which is a very unique territory for games, at least in recent years. 
and they've done some really cool stuff with weather patterns and wind and oh, wind yeah. can affect the clouds and the sky what's actually in the sky is an actual weather pattern it isn't whatever the artists happen to paint and if you light some brush on fire if the wind's blowing the right way it'll blow across the brush and light up a whole field and if there's a tree in the way it'll light up the tree and then it'll burn the tree to a crisp and everything it's just sweet it's really cool <laughs> and you're basically being positioned between two drug cartel guys and you can take missions for either one or take out their little lieutenants first or you get the money yeah, well, then you can you even get take the out the, the top get warlord, the you get the women. and the second lieutenant will come up and be the new warlord. So it just it sounds really yeah intriguing. They did a full write up in PC Gamer, which I haven't made it through yet. But it looks pretty, pretty it's surprising. It's, and it's I'm, it's really cool. I mean, Ubisoft has made some has published some excellent games, and some of them have been kind of mm-hmm. hit and miss recently on the console, at least. So it's great to see them taking the purchase property and really kicking butt with it. Like yeah. they've done with other stuff before. It doesn't happen every day. Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I'm really hoping to get back on the Lord of the Rings bandwagon for a little bit just so I can see what some of the improvements were in this last play. patch. And, and yes, and, and, and even <laughs> even bring you chicken play from a first-person perspective. I want you to keep track of how many eggs you lay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Yes. laughs> you must go on the escape escape the, the farm quest or whatever. <laughs> I can just hear the min-maxers now. If I get to level 10, I can lay 10 eggs. <laughs> if I lay 10 eggs, that gets a conversion rate of 4 silver, <laughs> which means that, theoretically, I could buy an epic chicken mount. <laughs> I, could, chicken I, could buy the, I could buy my companion rooster, I'm gonna get which will plate. protect me from... I need plate for my chicken tank. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, I think we... Kinda, I can't wait to give that a try. We kind of... Uh, <laughs> went way through the whole chicken thing last episode, so yeah, we want to to you further. <laughs> move on to the uh, round table discussion. That sounds terrific. Let's okay. do it. So you know those 70s high school portraits where they would do kind of a three quarters face shot and then they'd also have Fading in the black, a side profile shot. Yeah, I don't know. I remember. It has to do with I can't <laughs> let you be my peripheral vision, or else I might mess up the introduction to the round table. What? <laughs> Come back to this. Does me makes you laugh? <laughs> well, earlier I was talking about how I have to do these very slow turns towards Jason, and he just did one of those to me earlier, and we totally botched our last introduction. <laughs> so now I'm going to stare at the insulated walls while I recite for you our round table topic. Round table topic, take 27 and a half. <laughs> Which you won't be able to do because I can't see you anymore. He's oh, immune to your evil. <laughs> I have my legs. <laughs> okay, so tonight for a roundtable, we're going to talk about the payment processes for MMOs out there. There's the more popular option, which is monthly subscription rates, which vary depending on how many months in advance you want to sign up for. The more months you sign up, the less the monthly rate. But then there's other companies out there that try other stuff. There's free ones, like Sword of the New World, which we played. I'm not sure exactly what their revenue oh, I uh, think project you can, is for that. I think you can get an extended subscription for Elite Loot. I think that's oh, the yeah. popular that's right. variation. Oh, that's like the draw. Of, yeah. It's like, oh, but if you subscribe to our game, you get fat. Yeah. 
And then there's also games like Guild Wars from ArenaNet who just say, hey, buy the game and enjoy playing it. And if you want to contribute more revenue, you can purchase an expansion pack. Which they put out regularly. And... Which is kind of nice, you know, after playing World of Warcraft and the expansion packs come out slowly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and not quite as... Semi-annually. Clockwork-like. Yeah. It's nice that Guild Wars delivers a little bit more frequently. Yeah. What is it? What is it? Uh, the average is like six months or so, something like that? Yeah. Two like a year. That. So, Mark, what is your preferred payment plan? Which do you think works better? Well, I'm really opposed to the one where it's free, but if you want to get the, the really good drops and good items and good abilities, then you have to pay for some some nominal epics, fee. Man. Yeah. yeah, exactly, you know. I need my epics, man. It's like, it's free or it's not free. Yeah, you know, pick yeah, it's it. it's like they try to hook you on the crack. Yeah, tell them, is it free or not free? There's a little taste, but then if you want the real good crack, then you gotta pay <laughs> That's right. So that, that, I have a bit of a problem with that model. If you want the crack that's not made out of, like, battery acid <laughs> and a couple of different kinds of aspirin, and you want the real good stuff, then you pay for the yeah. yeah, I know you call that rich boy syndrome game. The rich kid syndrome. Rich kid, yeah. yeah, even though, the, well, that the rich kid syndrome is where it's a game, and if you want to buy specific items or something like that, and then you can to give you. Oh, a, like with Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering is the ultimate. Oh, it's yeah, like, totally. let's take skill out of the equation to some extent, and here's a game where if you're willing to spend a ton of money and get these rare cards. Of which there are, what, they gotta be like hundreds of thousands by now, combinations, oh, or yeah. ca different cards, I mean, or at least way well into the thousands of different cards that you can get. From spanning, what, 10, 12 years now, something like that? I don't know how long oh, it's been around. I mean, it's been going on for a while, I mean. It's been, since back in. At least 10 years. I mean, we're probably 12, like 15. Early 90s? Yeah. yeah. I mean. A long time ago. So, yeah, if you. I call it the rich kid syndrome because if you have a ton of money to, to spend, you can build a perfect deck and then you have this pretty good advantage over somebody who's maybe just bought a couple booster packs and has your basic deck. Although those two people would probably, in the real world, not get to play together very often because <laughs> they're two totally different stratospheres, you know. It's like a, a, a level 70, you know, MMO character versus a level 10 in an arena or something like that, you know. It's pretty... But that, that's, to me, the rich kid syndrome, which I also don't like. But I, I, I don't really have a preference between uh, the typical MMO um, formula of, like, you know, 10 to $13 a month or $15 a month monthly with a discount if you commit to a longer period versus the, like, what the ArenaNet model for Guild Wars was, which is, you know, 50 bucks an expansion. If you, you know, if you... If you look at the prices, it's, what, $200 for two years if you were a Guild Wars player? That's true. Versus a little more, maybe $300 for a... you more bang for your buck, though, in a game like World of Warcraft, too. You know, yeah, they've had one expansion pack, but on top of that, they also have, like, you know, updates, you know. You know, sometimes they'll have, like, an update a month, sometimes it'll be every two months, you know, where they'll have, like, a pretty huge update that... You know, they'll have, like, some new content, you know, or... I mean, they've got new zones and new content, you know, for free. I mean, they haven't, haven't required you to download this match. 
Yeah, I'm not an expert on Guild Wars by any means, but you know that game's more to me about the PvP, right? And yeah. So if you looked at pure content, I think EverQuest and World of Warcraft would kind of win win hands down for how much content they're generating, like per. If you looked at like yeah, per so six month cycle, yeah. I mean, I don't think you think Guild Wars when you think hardcore raiding, right? I don't think that you know. So it's dif- different for different players. I think uh, Turbine has this. Uh, it's like a life. They do. Yeah. Subscription to Lord of the Rings Online. It's like three hundred. Like three hundred, four hundred dollars, something like that. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and you and you. Forever. You can play that game forever. No, provided it's still alive and forever. <laughs> yeah, that's, with Turbine, that's always the risk you gotta take. See, Asheron's <laughs> Call Two. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's 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 the thing. <laughs> Chicken play for life. Chicken play for three hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, yeah, that thing you pay four hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. You know, I, I guess that's kind of cool. But then, you know, on top of that, you're still going to end up having to pay for a you know, huge expansion you know, whenever Turbine decides to release, like, a, you know, a big expansion for, for Lord of the Rings Online. You know, it's gonna, you're going you're gonna to end up paying $150 for the game. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You know, it depends. But, you know, I, you know that, that, I guess it's kind of cool if, if you want to offer up that kind of option. But, you know, say like other games, like, like Horizons would have offered like five hundred dollar, you know, four hundred dollars, you know, lifetime subscription to anybody who wanted to play that piece of crap, and then it folds after a few years, you know, and there's like no point in even playing it anymore. It's like, God, you know, what does that do? It? Do you get a refund on that money? No. It's like, hello. You know what? Ha- you know what happens to those people who are like, oh yeah, I'm totally behind this game. You know, here's three hundred, four hundred bucks. Blam! Right off the bat, so I can play all the time. Yeah. You know what do they do? You know, I doubt there's a way to you know recoup your money. Uh, no, you just you're out. You're just out. It's I, you know, so I worry about those kind of those kind of offerings. Yeah. You know, where they're just offering a lifetime subscription because it could suck. Yeah, you could. The game could turn out to just be a total sub. Yeah, it's a bit of a gamble to shell out that kind of money for a new, a brand new game. Exactly. That but reminds it, me of a remark that someone said at GZ, GCDC from the Lord of the Rings online developers. They were talking about the guy was talking about going forward with the game, and it was something along the lines of where he didn't believe that a long-term plan was really important. And this is really generalizing it, so I apologize if it seems out of context, but his main point was people are paying to be a part of Middle-earth, and they're going to do whatever it takes to be in there, and they're not going to be trying to level up or anything. They just want to be a part of that, like it's a club, and they're just going to stay in it forever, and it's going to be there forever, and it just doesn't matter. That's a bit of a reach. Yeah, that's kind of a reach. I mean, I, I think... You know, I think more to the point, you know, I, I think, you know, I think I remember that, you know, I think to paraphrase maybe what he said was, it was more or less, they're not so concentrated on, you know, getting to the max level, they're more, they're more interested in just being able to be in the environment, be in the world, you know, yeah. be able to, you know, be with their friends or, you know, whoever, 
you know, just being a part of the world. They're more interested in that as opposed to, you know, being this hardcore gamer who, you know, comes in and maxes level like in two weeks and, you know, and then that's that. That's their like sole purpose in, you know, in game. And I think that I think that was kind of more or less what he was trying to get across there. Yeah, I think some of the subscription rates are kind of interesting, you know, just just looking at some of the figures, like, you know, you have, like, some of the, you know, the games range, you know, low end is probably, like, $9.95 a month, high end is around $15 a month. I'm just wondering how high the monthly rate will go. How <laughs> high before the bubble might burst? Before, before like somebody shoots for $20 a month? Well, no, seriously, yeah, how, how, how high is that monthly rate going to go? before people start going, you know, there's no way I'm paying, you know, this odd amount of dollars a month for a stupid freaking game, you know, that I play, you know, so many hours a week. You know, when is that bubble going to burst up? Yeah. I don't know. I remember when, um, before World of Warcraft came out, people were trying to guess at what the subscription rate would be for it on some of the forums yeah. and stuff and everybody that. came up with like $12 because that's how the, that's what everybody else does or something like that and then sure enough they come out and it's higher than that yeah it was like fifteen ninety five if you just go month to month yeah and I was like thinking to myself jeez well there's no way I can't pay that because I've been planning on playing this game for the last few months but jeez mm-hmm. is it really that. you know $4 better than everything else yeah it's like you better hope so and I don't know. For for some people, it is. For me, it is. It's four dollars better than EverQuest One. Yeah, I just wonder. I wonder. I also wonder how some of these games get away with, you know, not charging a dang thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, granted the quality, of course, is not there. Um. But, you know, I just... micropayments. I mean, that's what they call it. You know. You want the well, color, you, you want the purple boots? Yeah, sort know, of the New World you know, ad banner like, play out on Jason's screen. Then, you know, some, but then they never generate, they, you know, they never get enough interest in their games to where they're not going to, you know, I just don't, I, and, you know, I, I wonder if, like, part of that is, you know, it's like, okay, their game really isn't that high quality, and they know that, so. Well, RuneScape has, I forget how many million subscribers, and I, I think that game's just raking in the money. Well, then there's stuff like Second Life, which I don't know if that's even a game. It's more of a simulation, but yeah. isn't it basically free until you start buying items for yeah, your character you to use? Yeah, until you buy the resources or um, real estate. Buy houses. Housing. Like real world money. Or build an online shop. or. And that's whatever. another interesting model. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I guess that kind of ties back into your what you were saying earlier about you pay to get the cool loot, so to speak. Right. Which appeals to everybody. I mean, I think. I mean, I, when I play these games, I see somebody with, like, you know, a high-tier armor set or something like that. I'm like, God, what kind of shortcut could I take to get that? You know, and, I, you know, and then inevitably it's, well, with some games like World of Warcraft, if you go outside of the game to get, you know, your character power leveled or to get money, gold, or something like that, then... There's that, but for in-game stuff, the only option is to earn it. Yeah. Like like the Smith Barney commercial. We earn our tier 4 armor the hard way. We We earn it. it. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's it's one of those kind of deals. Yeah. 
don't know. I mean, I just think that. Yeah, I, I think that there's going to be some. There's probably going to be some fundamental shift in how they start doing things. You know, I think eventually it has to happen. I don't know, I guess with inflation and whatnot. I mean, they can't expect a 12-year-old kid to fork out, you know, $25 a month, you know, $30 a month, you know, on a game, you know, just a game subscription. You know. Yeah. But they're training them with websites like Zwingtopia and little things that are like Second Life Light, where you go and you purchase your own little avatar and you purchase little clothes. And those and those like games that. all have... Uh, some kind of a, a way that their parents can get billed like nine, ten dollars a month to yeah. get them the the loot that their friends all have, because uh-huh. their parents do the same thing. You know, I don't, it, I don't envy them. I liked it when it was just garbage pail kids and yeah. easy stuff to, you know, if you wanted to collect stuff, it was simple <laughs> when you were a kid. Yeah, <laughs> they re-released more. the GI Joe action figures. The really? original ones oh, with, the, the with the stubble beards. Ones? Yeah, they oh, have wow. them at like uh, Walmart. I was walking down the aisle and there was this big display. They have like four different ver- variations of G.I. Joe, but it's the original Kung Fu grip one. <laughs> so I was thinking of buying buying one for a time capsule for my son or something. You know, that's interesting for you guys both being new fathers. If you were to look into the future and kind of hypothesize, what if when your kids are... 10 years old and they want to go onto one of these little internet websites and they want you to pay so they can have cool little avatars would you endorse that in the interest of like yeah they're going to be gamers or would you be like eh, would you have second thoughts about it or would you be like why don't you just play Warcraft instead what would you say? I don't know that's a tough one because you just it's hard to say it's like when all the kids are playing something it's hard to tell your kid. When all the kids are doing crack. Different. When all the kids are doing crack and driving drunk and jumping off bridges when they're in third grade. Um, but it's hard to tell your kid, no, you should be totally different and you should play what dad plays, which Cribbage. is Eve Online. And, you know, here, here's, and here's Excel, by the way. It'll help you. Um, this will give you real life, real world skills. This will prepare you for the real world, yeah. yeah. Here, yeah. You're faced with a dilemma. You've got two subcontractors that you need to hire for this Java project, and one is outsourced and one is insourced. What do you, you know? No. Well, I mean, I would think about it. What if your kid wants to be a gamer? Would you be more interested in the pursuing the traditional console model where they have a, a a console system and they're only talking about, hey, would you just buy me this game and it's a one-time subscription, or would you prefer something that you put money into and over time it it's sold out like a subscription like they sign up for an online I'd, game distribution site and they can get one game a month I kind of hope they'd uh, well that'd be an interesting model that nobody does but it is in the future in the future Digital in the very dark bleak future where, yes. <laughs> where the consumer actually has some rights and uh <laughs> Can, yeah. can, and McDonald's can get a deal. All the video games. Yeah, <laughs> that might be pretty cool, actually. Something more dynamic than just buying a console. Yeah, I can't imagine what transactions will be in, in 10 years. I'm sure they'll be a lot different. All of these things will have sussed out and evolved into one one standard. One which we'll standard be talking about in our rant. Well, maybe, maybe not with one that standard. in mind, we should move on to the rant. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Okay. Dark 
York At Times are ahead. I already know what Mark and Jason's dispositions are on this topic. <laughs> they got so riled up talking about it during this last week that we felt it would be the perfect subject for the rant in our next episode. Mr. Dennis Dyack, the head guy over at Silicon Knights, had a key speech that he made at GCDC in Leipzig this last week. If you're... If you've been following recent video game news in the last month, you may know that Mr. Dyack's company, Silicon Knights, is actually suing Epic, from whom they licensed the Unreal Engine to develop Two Human, their long-in-development sci-fi trilogy for the 360. Dennis, uh, Silicon Knights, their claim is that Epic kind of ignored the licensees of their software engine in favor of focusing on polishing Gears of War, Epic's own game for the 360, and making it ship, ship shape, and uh, the wonderful game that it ended up being, it is actually a terrific game, and meanwhile, Two Human, which got totally lashed at E3 last year and did not even appear this year, is still kind of in this limo development, and so here comes the lawsuit from the little small developer against the big developer. Now, what does this have to do with what Mr. Dyack says? I believe there's a bit of a connection to the woes that his company is going through and to his manifesto that he was issuing at GCDC last week, which is that he thinks there is a need, and even more so there's a, a movement, an inevitability, perhaps even in the next video game console generation, that there will only be one video gaming medium of choice, only one machine. There won't be a PlayStation or an Xbox or a Nintendo Wii. It'll just be one machine and everything will be happy and utopian. <laughs> and of course, right. even with that, the PC gaming marketplace will just dry up and wither away. Oh, yes. And everybody will flock to this one standardized machine, which he thinks there's not only a need for, but will inevitably come, which I think is optimistic and perhaps a significant outgrowth from his frustration of having to choose one console over another or having to license software to to develop to meet the standards of current console development and just dealing with all these other companies rather than working on this golden standard. And I sent this article that summarized his speech over to Mark and Jason and I've made point to emphasize. Note that he says that PC gaming is going to die. Yes. Which, if you're a PC well, he gamer, he never really said uh, that exactly. But no, he didn't. And, but I mean, I was. I mean, he kind of never. He kind of basically just said PC gaming is, you know, basically not going anywhere. It's, it's, it's going. It's going to be stagnant. It's just not going to improve. It's just basically, you know. There, there's no future in it, it apparently. It's the least standardized of all the machines because you have to develop for all different types of configurations, and because of that, it's destined for failure because a universal fixed standard, like on video game console machines, Mr. Dyke seems to believe that that's better than having to do the much broader shotgun approaches you have to do with PC gaming because there's so many different pieces of hardware out there and they're constantly evolving the specs. And it, to me, it uh, brought to my mind the phrase of, you know, those who ignore history are destined to repeat it. Because I thought with him, he he was ignoring the entire PC gaming history, which is has always been, you know, 
platforms with mixed peripherals and devices and yeah nobody has the same keyboard nobody's got the same mouse nobody has the same combination of keyboard mouse motherboard hard drive video card sound <laughs> card every you know memory every single component you can have that that's been something that's not been standard in the PC platform since the first PC games came out, basically. And you know what? The it's real n- games. It, and you know what? And that's not going to change. No. That's it's not, not going to change. You know why? Because people like to have better rigs than their neighbor. Yeah. And that neighbor likes to have a better rig than his neighbor. And that, na- and then one neighbor, well, he really doesn't like to upgrade his rig, you know, except for every five years or so. So... So, yeah, so there's that. And then the, the same history applies to the console. The consoles have been had years and years to standardize. Why now? What's the tipping point now where all of a sudden things events are going to come together so that the PC gaming platform crumbles under its own weight, as does the myriad of different people who make gaming consoles? They're going to... Yeah, what are, are Microsoft and, and Sony just going to get together, you know, in a room and go, we really have been fighting for far too long. <laughs> Let's get together and create the most ultimate console out there. You, y- yes. Okay, so, yeah, so let's role play here. Um, Jason, you be Microsoft. Noah, you be Sony. And I'll be Nintendo. But I'll speak in English. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, Does that mean I speak in English, too? Yeah, I think oh, okay. we'll use the universal so translator from Japanese the Star Trek the universe in this case. <laughs> right. But it's like, okay, I have the Wii. I have this Wii, and I have this um, this peripheral, this system with it that is groundbreaking and, and incredible. And and nobody, you guys don't have that. Yeah, but you have really crappy second generation GameCube graphics. Yeah, but and you're the Sony is HD system. TV and Blu-ray discs. But you don't and have that any is games the standard. For your console, which oh yeah. Everyone will want to well, follow. You, oh, you think Blu-ray is going to be the standard? Well, we disagree because I think that HD DVD is going to be the the new DVD standard. And you've seen how much that's already failed on the marketplace. And <laughs> not really. There's no out. solid concrete proof of that. Oh, and by the way, we have a lot more gaming support. For our games than, than Sony will ever have, and Nintendo combined. We are the gaming console champions so far. But Nothing have, will crush us. We are Microsoft. We, we have, cannot be defeated. We have entire <laughs> families playing our games. Our games are accessible for the entire family age range. Smammies. We don't have dark content or anything like that. We're, we're a, But eventually they'll hunger for more, and that's something that the Nintendo Wii won't be able to deliver. But we've already established a foothold in the market, and we have things that you don't have. We have... Yes, but eventually those people will all want their own Blu-ray disc players, and the PlayStation 3 is one of the most affordable ways to get that disc player. Affordable? In addition to getting high definition... price is $600. What? That's the price you pay for next generation technology. If you want, no, to have and the then you can now, always you buy, buy our system, which has a fairly oh. decent price point because now it comes in great black. graphics. You oh yes, and now we color. have a really cool black faceplate, and oh, you can buy customized faceplates for our, for our video game consoles too. They're so cool. You got to have them. I mean, <laughs> they're so cool. And then we're coming out <laughs> with these cool new games pretty soon. Pretty soon, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're right around the corner. We promise you, <laughs> it's going to be really cool. <laughs> okay, so that. That was that was about two minutes too long of us <laughs> attempting to role play the three different yeah. primary console makers, and it was obvious for anyone listening that it was very easy for us to find faults with each other's products, clearly establish our own superiority, and in no way realize a shared need 
to generate a common platform for people who are developing content for us. I think that Dayak was looking at it from a, an, epi- an, an economic point of view that these next generation graphics and the requirements for next generation video games have become so costly and so they require so much time that the development industry will collapse on itself if it has to keep trying to and produce. And there will be no more games. Well, we'll ever. trying to split its resources for develop by developing for more than one platform or trying to pick one and hoping that that's the one that's going to win. Well, it's a utopian vision, and perhaps he should build an underwater city <laughs> where his dream can be realized. <laughs> True. Yeah, I think it's a little bit. It's it's a neat idea. But it's I don't unrealistic. Know, maybe be coming from from the land of choice, or you know, we're we're from a society that really talks about having freedom of choice and being able to choose whatever you want. At least that's almost a generational stance. Yeah. The idea of being told that you're only going to have one medium and to forget about anything else that's defined video games before is just kind of silly. I mean, you can't. There's no stopping. The, de- the development of the casual game industry and people like my mom downloading 20 buck games from Yahoo Games that's one platform we have the hardcore games in the PC area we have MMOs we have cell phone games that, and that's at true. least in other regions that are really big and just when you look at all those maybe one thing that you could possibly standardize is the programming language it's done in maybe and well, we have Java and there's that, but you couldn't say that there's one piece of hardware that would drive all of those different types of machines, whether it's a PC or a cell phone or a Nintendo DS or Game Boy or PSP yeah. or a home console. It just doesn't make sense. I guess it's 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 an idea that's... What it seems like is he's having problems with different things, and he's reaching out for what he thinks would solve his problems or what he really wishes would happen. But the problem I have with it is he says it's inevitable and it's going to happen. That's Yeah, that just seems so it's weird. It's preordained. And it's it's never happened because, with any other. We don't have you one know what? Car. I hate to break it to you, but there's this thing called competition. Yeah. And competition is good. It's good for the industry. It's better than having one single unified console or, or gaming platform that everybody would have. You know, and then you'd have these same crap games for, for the same system. You know, and it would be like, oh, okay, so you still have all these games, and you got this one crap system that does everything, you know. But you know what? I'd rather have there be competition between, you know, three or four different console makers, you know, and the PC industry. You know, because you're going to get better games. You're always going to have this competition for for newer technologies. There'll be innovation. You know, there's going to be innovations. I mean, with a unified console, you know, you're not going to get any of that. You're Mm -hmm. going to get the same crap. It doesn't work economically. I mean, that's not how any other industry or any other yeah. any other market works. Nowhere has it ever. And I mean, even further, going back to some other things that we've talked about in the past, what 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 the West prefers or what the East prefers regionally, you can't assume that they're all going to prefer the exact same piece of hardware worldwide to get the games delivered on. It just doesn't make sense. No, and even if it's like... so. What always would hap- happen in the past when people try to standardize a hardware but then have different manufacturers making it, they always seem to inevitably start to fork from the standardization for their own gains, right? Yeah. So say Sony, Nintendo, and, and Microsoft all com- decide to make a standard 
system, but they're all producing it too. Because you, because you wouldn't say, okay, well, go ahead, Microsoft, you you make it this year. And then Sony's like, yeah, and in five years, it's our turn to make it for five years. And then Nintendo says, great, because in ten years, it'll be our turn to do it for five years. They would never do that. They would all make it. They would all make their branded version of this common gaming platform. I I can't imagine any other way. Then what happens is Microsoft makes a side deal and... Adds their own peripherals. Exactly. They come out with something... Now look, it works with the common common. You know, we already had we already has little the, enhancement. You know, if 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 they were to do that today, but we would have their, uh, you know, their unique, uh, you know, interface, their their unique control system. You know, everybody would want to buy the Nintendo version of that console because their, you know, their control system is more unique than anybody else out there, and they would be like, well, yeah. oh, and and. Really, if you want to play these particular games, you're going to want our console to do it with because well, branding. It might yeah. no, it might not be at all technically better, but they've got this marketing, you know, power firepower behind it. Yeah. The other thing is these guys have roadmaps. They're, you know, they've got five, ten year plans already for where they're heading with their consoles and their games. And yeah, they're not just going to ditch all that development time just to that. scrap this guy, everything. They can't know? get his game out because he can't get his licensing with the Unreal Engine to work out. He's got this brilliant idea that solves all his problems. Of course, it's not really good for the consumers or for us. I mean, it's not really good for all the other software developers, but for him it's a great idea, so let's just go ahead and drop everything, do what he mm-hmm. says, give it a try, and see how it goes. So I... I I just find it, it is like his utopian vision, one man's utopian vision, you know. It's a little bit pompous and stupid, you know, it's like every every few years or so, somebody gets on their soapbox. PC gaming is done. PC gaming is done, you know, the consoles are going to have to, you know, totally dramatically change in order for the industry to survive, and, you know, four or five years later, the industry is booming more than ever, the games are better, you know, it's nothing's changed except the games are getting bigger and better and the consoles well, the are getting... the price is going up. I really think that's the, the price is, that's Yeah, the prices that, are going up. That is up. a really bad part of it. I hate the pricing. Yeah, because for the first time in years now, $60 is a standard price point for PS3 and 360 games. Yeah, well, how did that happen? Well, the games have budgets that are too high, they can't support themselves with $50 a yeah, game anymore. The PC games are all $50. And it's the same yeah. game. If mm-hmm. I get Bioshock for the Xbox 360, it's ten dollars more than it is for the PC. Yeah, I yeah, really and like. PC gaming's gonna die. Yeah, not if it's cheaper. Not if it's cheaper to buy games with. Yeah, and while the 360 is a static platform, the neat thing about PC gaming is that within six months, you'll have something far more powerful than. I can always upgrade my. I can always upgrade my PC. Yeah. I can't. I can't open up my 360 or my PS3 and and hope to upgrade that. Can I? Right. Three years from now, you'll be able to play Bioshock while your computer is doing all I kinds of I doubt you'd be stuff. able to do that with a unified gaming console. Either. And that's just kind of cool. It kind of ties back to Jason's story earlier about how he's playing Half Life 2 now, a few years after it came out, and he's probably getting a lot out of the game because he has hardware nowadays that's more powerful than what he had and so he his experience is that much better and it's still a great game oh yeah i love that about pc hardware that you can have a game like city of heroes or world of warcraft and 
a couple of years later you can upgrade your machine and still play the same game and then all of a sudden you have more RAM and you have a better graphics card and all of a sudden the game looks even better and it's just this wonderful yeah benefit. I don't think you could do that with the gaming platform. It'd have to be, rather than a monolithic gaming platform, it'd have to be one with iterative um, expandability. Yeah. Which would be really odd because the minute you do that, it wouldn't be a standard gaming platform, would it? That's right. All yep, of a sudden... That's right. Because you the totally destroy that vision. Right. So then you've got, what, uh, like every two years, everybody throws out their common gaming platform for the next year's common gaming platform? I find it's it. It's kind of like the idea of web TV. I don't think he thought it out, but he had he had enough credibility to get up on stage and, and, and make this presentation and have it show up in the news headlines. Yeah. And the other thing that I find funny, and, and this was the last point I had, was he's alleging in his case that basically... Epic dropped everybody else to focus on Gears of War because it was their marquee title for the Unreal Engine. Yeah. Bioshock and then he did it out for the launch, I think. The Bioshock is licensed to use that, and that's by 2K Games. Oh. And then and that that's game looks the gorgeous. engine they used, and it's gorgeous, and it didn't seem like they had any troubles with it. So somebody's a big crybaby in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and a doomsayer, too. So, yeah. so there. <laughs> like I said, I didn't put too much stock in it. And I don't think anybody really should. I think it was a joke. Well, I think he was dead serious. But no, I know he was, was dead serious, but I think it was a joke. Yeah. Well, we'll see what he comes up with next week. He may be predicting <laughs> blimps. The return of the blimp for mass transit with hydrogen fuel cells. <laughs> it's totally viable! Oh my god, the humanity! <laughs> and, uh, you know. I'm really intrigued with that lawsuit's gonna go. It's gonna be really interesting. That will to be interesting. That. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they bring in the 2K games guys and they go, oh yeah, we had great support. It was wonderful. I don't know what their problem is. They just need to RTFM or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that pretty well sums up the segment. Yeah. for downloading our podcast this time. And next week's episode, we'll be uh, talking about our chicken play in massively multiplayer <laughs> role-playing game called Lord of the Rings Online. I, I, I hope you will enjoy that segment. He's going to get into that hot and sweaty chicken coop. Yes, I'll get into the hot and sweaty chicken coop, and uh, <laughs> we'll see what the chicken play is all about there. Um, we Tanky also are going to have a special guest on uh, next week, uh, our friend Jim, who was a... Uh, he wasn't a, much of a gamer at all until we introduced him to uh, City of Heroes, and and we he turned him, him, and he turned himself into a uh, massively multiplayer role-playing addict for a while there. So we'll we'll get to hear his thoughts on uh, massively multiplayer games, his you know his likes dislikes, whether he likes hot blondes or 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 big brutes or oh we can get his uh, take on why he was so turned off by World of Warcraft. Oh yeah, and and, yeah. and this is a guy who totally had a bad first impression of World of Warcraft to begin with, so he just he never even played it all that much at all. He like played for a little bit and went yeah yeah not for me. We'll also have our usual roundtable discussions and rants as well. So uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you then. Thanks for listening. Channel Massive is an IGL production.